0: 3, feet. You're looking great. This is the podcast where inspiring leaders share their stories to empower you, unlock your potential, and create a winning mindset for your future. My name is Luke Murphy, the UK Entrepreneur of the Year, and my co-host is thought leader Kim Adele. Welcome to Global Futurists. Hello and welcome uh, to Global Futurists. My name is Luke Murphy
1: and I'm Kimadel.
0: Hi. And we have a wonderful guest and VIP today. Her name is Adrian or Adrian Carter. Hi, welcome.
1: Hello, thanks for having me. Hi, lovely to see you,
0: Adrian. Uh, a- a- Adrian Carter is uh, known as the the Faith whisperer and uh, Kimadel maybe you can tell us some more.
1: Absolutely. So um, Adrienne has got the most fascinating um, back journey, and I know you're going to enjoy hearing it as much as I do every time I meet her. Uh, so she's been instrumental in developing cutting edge research methodologies to gain insight into both emotion, emotion and behavior for over 20 years, using techniques to go beyond what people say or can't verbalize to get to know what they really feel or really know. And um, she's used it to help brands, marketers, HR and others to uncover cover the truth. Having worked for global brands such as Coca-Cola, L'Oreal, Disney, Unilever, the Samaritans, she delivers guest lectures on consumer psychology and has seen her work in over 20 different countries. And I know every time that we meet, I could just talk to you all day. So I'm going to ask you if you could perhaps please share with us um, a little bit about your journey so far. Okay,
2: thank you. So um, when my children were little, over 20 years ago now, um, I wanted to go into a job that wasn't the normal 95, but it didn't, didn't sit well with me to do that. So someone said, why don't you go to market research? I've never even heard of market research sort of 23, 24 years ago. Um, did a bit of investigating. I thought, well, this might actually suit me because I trained as a qualitative interviewer and ended up working as a freelancer so I could pick and choose when I wanted to work, which suited me down to the ground with the children. You know, school holidays, I could not work if I didn't want to. Um, but what it did for me is it brought me into contact with lots of different people, so many interesting people. I thought this is actually where I belong. I, I loved working with the variety and got to meet so many interesting people that I would never normally have come into contact with in a in a nine to five job, probably. So <clears throat> that led me into research. Um, after about 10 years, people get said, to me, you ought to get a proper career now. The children are getting a bit older, get a proper career. So I trained as a counsellor and psychotherapist. Um, during that training, I've never actually worked as a counsellor and psychotherapist. I am fully trained. Um, but during that training, I was introduced to someone who's got a small market research business. Um, and I've got some ideas about how we could make market research better. You know, Helping people to really open up with the counselling skills that i would now got. I had ways and means of helping people to say how they really felt and what they really meant rather than the normal boring answer of I don't know or just picking an answer out of the air. So we tried that and grew the company from four people to 20 people um, and worked globally with the global brands that you mentioned in the introduction, Kim Adele. Um, And it's been fascinating. During that time, I sort of developed my skills in understanding people. And one of the things I came across was the face and how to understand how people really feel um, and, and what they show on their face, facial expressions. So 10 years ago, I went to America and studied at the University of California with Dr. Erica Rosenberg and studied the anatomy of the face and the muscle movement and how those 43 muscles in the face can make over 16 and a half thousand different facial expressions. <laughs> of those 16 and a half are directly linked to emotion. So what that means is sometimes we show more emotionally on our face than we actually say because in the English language, we use about 100 words to describe how we feel about something in day-to-day life. So sometimes the face says a whole lot more than the words we actually say. So that's been the the last 10 years. Five years ago, I left my very well-paid, secure job um, as general manager of a global research company to start my own business. Um, Ended up doing research for the next few years after that, which wasn't the plan at all, and then two years ago, I decided, right, this is it. No more market research. I really want to, to do something different. Um, and although I, I do do the odd project still for some of my clients, it is very much the odd project. Um, I'm now working as a consultant. Um, I do a little bit of work sort of um, consulting when people want to train their staff. So I do workshops, I do keynote speeches, but also I go in with clients for some of their meetings and sit in their meetings as maybe a facilitator, or a note taker but actually i'm reading what the body language is uh, somebody said to me the other day is that is that allowed I like, it's a skill i have i can read people facially I, I know what they really mean what's illegal about it i'm not i'm not lying or deception it, it's about reading people to get to what they really mean to help my client make better decisions
0: there's a it- this is where we all sit here, trying to pull the right face, <laughs> look the right <laughs> way, to make sure. Yeah,
2: this is um, a bit where everybody hides from me normally. Yeah, you know, sit there like this. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So, um, okay, that's that's interesting. Uh, uh, as we as we're talking about just now, obviously, I mean, I I from a personal point of view, with Parkinson's, find that it affects my face and the way I can express myself, um, and just depends on how how awake or tired I am or different times of day or whatever, you know, so I can be a bit sort of, my face doesn't express the way I'm feeling. And it can be quite awkward if people can't read you. Uh, yeah. uh, if they think, you know, if, they, if they're if they relying on certain certain normal sort of uh, throwbacks to give them, communicate and they can't yeah. use those.
2: I think we all, um, a lot of us, not your two, Luke, but a lot of us take the face for granted and the information that we gain for other people's faces. And one of my jobs, I feel, is to do is to make people pay, pay more attention. Um, to the, Because if we just become more aware, I know when Kim and I have chatted, you just become more aware of the faces around you. And that that's my job, really. Because we've all got this skill, naturally and inherently. Most people have got it, that they can read other people's faces if, you know, if possible. But, but we don't always pay attention. And I think that's one of the biggest things I would say to people is just pay more attention. You'll be surprised at what you see.
1: Sure. Absolutely. I know when we had our first in detail chat about it, it's been fascinating. The the amount you just get into just wanting to be able to like look at everything, don't you? And and we were saying earlier, you know, the current challenge of people having to work remotely and that it's a great way of being able to check in on how somebody's really feeling when you're on a Zoom call or something to just see if they might need a little bit of extra help and support. Um,
2: Yeah. in
1: these
2: times
0: the faces become so much more important because it's all we've got <laughs> sure yeah and and that's why i think uh, zoom has become so uh, uh so dominant in the last few days weeks compared to phone calls mm-hmm. uh because um you really do have that extra opportunity to communicate not just through face and to, uh not just through voice and obviously volumes of voice and tones but also you can read the body language as well to a degree and at least um um try and get a sense of you know if they're if they're looking away and talking to them perhaps they're not so interested or something i don't know well i'll tell you just quickly before we go into all the serious stuff uh why don't you give us a few little uh, a few little um visuals which are which mean certain things just a few take-homes that we can
2: okay so there are seven universal facial expressions of which there are anger fear disgust contempt surprise happiness and sadness now i always say to people if they say you know Give me a, a hint and a tip about what should I be looking for? Yeah. For me, the key ones to look for are whether someone is genuinely happy or it's a posed or fake smile. So this would be a posed smile. I'll take my glasses so you can see. A posed smile would be this. So okay. The top half of face. A genuine smile is this. There, all oh, my eyes are included. And if if you the person you're talking to is not showing you a genuine smile, they're being polite, and I don't really, really like what you're talking about so i would what i would say to that at that point is you know is there anything else you'd like me to talk about is there anything else you'd like to know is there anything more i can give you to work with this make it better for you because you've understood that they aren't fully totally engaged so i Hmm. think that's a really key one to look out for um uh the other one is fear so a lot of people do this when they're feeling anxious or nervous okay right their lips so that often happens when price if someone can't afford it you'll often see that that happen yep. um so there, there's a couple do you want any more or is that any uh, well
0: uh, also what about uh, there's a couple of um when you know someone's lying they they look down to the left or right is it
2: um so that's something from nlp now i have studied nlp now there's a lot of research that says that there's no basis in that now oh. what my personal opinion is after analyzing thousands and thousands of people is there is something about the way people look. They definitely look to different areas of the, of the you know, when they move the head. But yeah. as for a definitive sign that someone's lying, I don't think that's the case. Normally, I, I, when someone is telling something, saying something they don't fully believe, one of the things, this is not a definitive, but it is one of the signs that I would look for, is they do this. You might just see a quick flick of this when they say something they don't fully believe. So that, that's the closest I would go to to say that someone is is not telling the full truth
0: does that mean a, does that mean a rabbit is never telling the truth
1: yeah absolutely <laughs> 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 just can't trust those rabbits no, no
0: especially roger rabbit and all that lot. um okay that's interesting yeah maybe maybe yeah. we'll get a few more little ones like that in a minute um Thanks. good well so i guess uh a question for me to you would be uh, sort of what, what um, hurdles have, have you faced, excuse the pun, and how have you overcome them?
2: So one of the biggest hurdles, when I left my well-paying job and started my own business, my plan was to do everything to do with the face and just see where it took me. And I got sucked back into research because I was well-known. Um, I did a good job for my clients. So I, I found that a real hurdle, actually, to, because it was well-paid, and, and actually going to the area I wanted to go into was I was starting from scratch with a with um, a subject matter that not everybody gets and not everybody gets how important it is. So that was a real hurdle for me. And for three years, I, I felt the frustration I paid well, but felt the frustration of actually this isn't what I left to do. Mm. But the money, the money was there. So I had to make a really hard decision Sort of two years ago that this is I'm starting from scratch. This is a brand new sort of industry and a way of life for me and not just to take the money. So at the, at the start of uh, the year, two years ago, I turned down a, a hundred grand project, but I, I'd made the decision that no more. If I want to change where I'm going with my career and my life, I have to start saying no to the money. Um, so that, that was a big hurdle to me. Um, and it, I'm still not as well paid as I was, you know, doing the market research. But it's getting there now. It takes time. And that that's the thing it takes time and you have if, to have patience and keep going with it
0: sure if that company needs my email address just let me let them know <laughs> um,
2: i'm so sorry i made a wrong decision <laughs> yeah,
0: Luke Murphy on linkedin will do um, okay cool what about uh yourself kim Dell?
1: Uh, so i was just gonna say it's a you know it's, it is hard isn't it when you when you decide you're going to give something up and, and i did i did similar so i um left my well-paid job and set up on my own and then immediately panicked and took an interim role. She was like, Oh, well it's money. And it's, it's coming in and it's, it's hard to take that leap of faith, isn't it? But somebody once said to me, you know, you, unless you, unless you jump, you won't know if your parachute is going to open. Um, but if you don't jump, you're guaranteed it won't. Well, that's which right. I kind of quite, quite liked. Um, so having, obviously you, you took the leap and your parachute is opening, which is, which is fantastic. Um, when you, look back over your journey to where you are now is there anything that you would have done differently um
2: probably made the decision to go out on my own doing what I'm doing now because I absolutely love what I do now Uh, I wish I'd done it sooner but hindsight's a wonderful thing isn't it um and I think the fear of not having money coming in uh, it's, it's just a fear you know, if you're good yeah. at what you do and you know your onions, which I do, yeah. work will come. So it's that fear that holds. It certainly held me back. I know when I spoke to other people, the fear of the unknown is 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 just it's a shocker for holding people back. And it, it is just a fear that you, that might not be real. And in my case, it certainly hasn't been real.
1: Well, they say fear only exists in the in the brain, doesn't it? Because you've you've got had to make it up. It hasn't happened yet, but it can feel so real that actually you just you just can't move forward sometimes can you and yet once no. you do once you push yourself you then go well, why did I do this before I don't
2: know. Tony yeah. Robbins says feel the fear and do it anyway and, and yeah. you know that that is it. it it's there I mean yes I acknowledge you fear you're there and you're there for a good reason but actually let's just do it anyway and that, that's something I try and live by now is that
1: okay this really frightens me but I'm going to have a go let's have a go what's the worst that could happen. Uh-huh it's a great great way to live isn't it like what is yeah. and i guess that is the thing i, I do similar which is yeah, what's the worst that can happen and can i live with that and as long as the answer is yes
2: yeah
1: what what have you got to lose
2: yeah absolutely
0: yeah um so uh, another one for myself would be sort of like um what are, what are some of the lessons that you've learned over the over the time that you've been uh a professional yeah a, a, throughout your career really and especially obviously in the last last couple of years as well
2: um that i i worry i used to worry not so much now but i used to worry about what other people were thinking well i don't know what other people are thinking and, and and some of that mind talk i think um holds us back because we don't know and you know i've i've had occasions where i've had to pick up the phone to speak to somebody and i really want to work with them and i know they want to work with me but the, my mind talk has been oh they'll be busy they'll be far too busy to talk to me pick up the phone, they're like, oh, I was waiting for you to call. And you're like, oh, I see all that rubbish in my head. So that's one of the things the last few years I've been really quite passionate about is sort of um, working with my own emotions and understanding, yeah. you know, how they impact me, but helping other people to understand their emotions. Because emotions are there and they're really important, but it's it's understanding when they serve us and when they don't serve us and they're holding us back. So that's, that's something I think that's really important that I've learned over the last few years.
1: No, that is that is great advice because I think that is one of that is one of life's challenges, isn't it? I mean, we love a label. Um, yeah. and dependent on the label that we use depends often on how we then show up in the world. It's like, you know, if we said right now we're either safe at home or stuck at home, it's only one word different, but it has such an impact on mm, how yes. you're going to feel dependent on which one of those you choose, isn't it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's about framing, you know, when I do the consumer psychology stuff. Um it's about how you frame things and, it, and, and that applies to ourselves how do we frame things you know we frame things for our clients we frame things for our family we frame everything we do in our life but how do we frame <clears throat> excuse me how do we frame what's going on in our own heads and I think that's really important as a business owner yes
1: yeah. No, that is, that is probably one of the critical skills, isn't it? Because particularly in times like this where you know we are facing the unknown, all of us, because nobody knows, you know, nobody's been in this situation before. So, so actually learning how we frame for ourselves is, is probably one of the most critical skills. Is there any top tips that you've found that work for you or for your clients that help them in that reframing?
2: Um, So one of the things is, is this fear? And it's one of the things I've noticed a lot in the last sort of two months. There's a lot of fear abounding. And and fear is all about out of control, feeling out of control. So the top tips I've been saying to, to the people I've been working with, you know, what is it that makes you feel more in control of your daily life? Is it setting your alarm so you get up at a certain time? Is it taking your lunch break and going for a walk? What makes you feel in control of your surroundings? Because that, once you feel back in control, the fear dissipates, and then you've got more more bandwidth in your mind to concentrate on what you need to be doing. Maybe it's for your business or for your personal life. Whatever it is, sometimes the fear can be overwhelming. And i I've certainly noticed that. You know, you see it on social media. People's posts are overwhelming with fear, and I just think you know it's not serving you very well. Fear does serve people very well. You're in a dangerous situation. You need that fear to. You know, keep you safe but in in the situation we've been in at the moment it might not be serving people as well so um and the other tips is is, is notice more about other people being aware of what they're saying how they're saying it and what their face and body language is telling you because people can be struggling and they don't always like to say because they think oh you've got enough on your plate, i don't need to add my problems to your problems and actually mm. sometimes just conversation is is absolutely enough you know I, I did volunteer work for Samaritans for five years and they have been a client as well but but just talking to people and letting them really speak without judgment without putting any meaning on it you know just say how you feel and that's so empowering because people do feel better just by having a chat so I, I would say you know if someone goes quiet in your circle work or personal life they go quiet I want to be known why they're going quiet if it's, if it's not their normal behaviour. And with faces, you know, that's the one thing people say to me. Oh, you're reading me all the time. I'm not actually reading people all the time. The, the time I notice is when people's behaviour changes. If they're normally a chatty person and they go quiet, OK, something's changed. What's going on? If they're normally really expressive with their hands and they stop being expressive with their hands, what's going on? and that that for me is the most interesting bit is it? it's not noticing all the time what's happening it's about when people's behavior changes that's when i'm interested
1: fascinating
0: yeah. so you, you you must find uh that uh when you're watching tv and you're seeing like politicians speak and um leaders um you must be reading sometimes what they're saying and how they're answering and thinking you don't mean that or um yeah he's genuine or yeah. whatever um can you give us a few examples of those which perhaps we can um
2: so the latest one, Dominic Cummings, um, I did some analysis of his statement and um, he, the read-out prepared statement flowed almost all the way through until he gets to the part where he talks about going for the walk. And if you watch that again, from about nine and a half minutes to 11, 11 and a yeah. half minutes, the flow, even though it's a pre-prepared readout statement, completely changes. So again, this is what I just said to you, it's when people's behaviour changes. He doesn't feel comfortable about that bit. That's the bit he knows is on the most shaky ground. And in it, even though it's prepared and read out, the body language, the facial expressions still leak, you know, what's going on. So I was asked by ITV this morning to analyse Boris Johnson's statement, you know, when he only came back after suffering from coronavirus. Yeah,
0: he you know, used the word love and that, didn't he?
2: Yeah. And, and what they didn't actually use the clip because there was nothing negative to say really about it. And they they want, people want negative news. They're looking to catch people out. Oh. There, was nothing, there was nothing to catch him out really. Um, you know, he came across as genuine. I think he'd been coached in how to put the statement across, but he came across as genuine and we all bought into that and it was authentic. The reason why Dominic Cummings and Prince Andrew's statement as well, hmm. failed so badly is because they didn't come across as genuine because maybe they weren't genuine. You know, when we are feeling something and and we are giving a statement, it should flow, it should be easy. Like the conversation we're having now, it's easy. When it we're not comfortable or we feel stressed about some of the details or we're not telling the entire truth, it doesn't flow.
0: Mm. I find an interesting one um, to be Tony Blair, for example. He was uh, quite quite an amazing sort of uh, or, orator, wasn't he? Um, mm. You know, that's what really made him, I think. And he... he If it wasn't natural, he made it natural, and he he made these power moves, and you know where he throws uh, words across and everything else. And um, you know, uh, I I used to find that very interesting watching him. And another one, like him or loathe him, it would be Donald Trump. He seems to have quite a control over what he does. Um, Some people don't like that, but obviously that's how he's got to where he is by the fact that he's in full control of him and people around him, even from the fact that he squeezes people's hands tight, you know, as a battle thing. Um, or he doesn't let go or um, he he uh, I've noticed he makes when he shakes people's hands he holds his hand closer to him so that the person reaches out so it looks like yeah. they're sort of you know he, he's in control
2: he's got that right yes absolutely and one of the things he does a lot as well is if you, you'll find clips of this on YouTube he does this so when he uh, there's a great clip of him on meeting um, Putin President Putin and yeah. just when they start talking something does this and people do that when they are sort of sending a message to the person and to the other people who are watching. We yeah. know what we're thinking about, don't we? we you know, we we're all right, we're all right, we know, we know what's really going on. And that's that's something to watch out for. You often see that in power plays. You know, yeah. The person just like, you know, we know what's going on. And it's it's like a it's like letting everybody else know that we're in collusion, we're in cahoots, we know what's really going on and don't you worry about it. Um, I think that's a great one to look for as well. Yeah. Oh, and,
0: and, sorry, Kim and Elle, go for it yourself. Yeah, uh, well, another one I've, I've often found is um, the politician who lets the other leader go through the door first. That's often a big one, isn't it? I love yeah. watching that. When you see politicians together and uh, it's always a battle to see who's going to force the other person to walk through the door because the first person to walk through the door is submissive to the one who's let them through. Did
2: you and, see? Uh, go on. So Boris Johnson and Nicola Sturgeon, I wrote for this one on uh, the Sunday Times, actually. They they picked up on that. So he went to shepherd her through the door when he went up to Scotland to visit her. And he, he yeah. sort of did this. She batted his hand away. And and, and it was a real, like, oh. Now, yeah. I don't think he was doing it to be dominant in that occasion. I think he was doing it to be polite. You know, you go first. He was trying to be humble and meek and all that. She was having none of it. No, no. a, she bats his hand away. Now, in the press, they said, oh, she was... She was doing that because they wanted more photo calls. I've analysed it in detail. She was bat his hand away. Don't you? Don't you shepherd me in? She knew what she was doing. Very mm. clever. Very it clever. Is.
0: Yeah, that's right. And and also um, when when I'm at uh, meetings, like networking meetings and things, not so much at the minute, obviously. But uh, you know, I like I like watching people's feet because you can tell a lot about people's feet uh, yeah. to see if they want to be part of the conversation or if they want to get out. You know, that obviously if, if they're pointing at you or into the group if they're not talking to you then the are part of it but if the feet are pointing outwards that's normally an indication that actually they've had enough they want to move on and sometimes yeah. they can't get out so then you can actually go and free them up by asking a question saying you know where are you go next or whatever and then they say oh i've got to go to da, da. then they walk up yeah,
2: yeah. it's it's said that the feet are the most truthful part of the body you're absolutely mm. stuck on with that That the feet will always point where the body wants to go
0: yeah it does help a lot to control yeah. conversation so go on then, give, give us a few more a few more tips and a few more uh Observations um, that we can apply as business leaders to judge, uh, how about to judge um, employees or staff?
2: Okay. Yeah. So um, I do a lot of work with recruitments, so with recruitment companies and people who want to hire. And one of the things that I always say to look out for is the facial expression of contempt. Oh, I'm trying to do it, to order, which is um, kind of, <laughs> I can't do it now because I'm trying to do it to order, but it's a one-sided smile. Um, And this side of the the face has got the the movement. This side of the face has got no movement whatsoever. Now, contempt can mean pride, as in I'm really proud of what I've achieved. But on the whole, when you see it from an employee, they think they're better than you and they think they're better than the job they're doing.
0: Oh, I see.
2: I would never... I say to people, if I see high levels of contempt in an interview for a job, do not hire that person because they don't feel the... They feel they're better than the job. They'll never work out and they won't stay. You know, retention is a big thing in recruitment. You know, we want people to stay for long term, not just two months. High levels of contempt, that person doesn't will not stay because they're not feeling they're part of the team. You want to see high levels of happiness and interest and engagement, but mm. contempt is an absolute no. Well, so- And and in in, any business negotiation if one person is showing high levels of contempt there's a so there's a distancing with that that's it's a a cold it's looking down the nose and and it probably won't be a successful deal because that person is showing that they feel better than what's going Mm. on around them so that's going to be really hard to negotiate with
0: yeah that's very interesting so in today's society now the mask has been introduced do you think that's affecting people's communication ability to understand what each other's feeling
2: Absolutely. You know, I know I bumped into a really good friend of mine business friend um, at my local supermarket mm. and I didn't recognize him because he's got he's got a, a mask on and I'm I'm the queen of reading faces. and you know, <laughs> I found it really hard. Yeah. And interesting. I, in the end, I know him really well, I like, I'm going to have to take your mask down because I can't I can't talk to you like this. It mm. was really hard because I was getting no clues unless he did a great big smile. There was nothing else I could see. He's got a fringe over his eyes. He's got glasses on and a mask on. And I was like, I actually can't communicate with you like this.
0: <laughs> you, you want to try having this mask? Imagine trying to read someone's... That
2: That was a bit like
1: the mask he had, actually. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, to be fair with you, um, with us not being able to go to hairdressers as well, everyone's got so much more hair, haven't they? <laughs> yeah. so I think, um, that, that also um, covers quite a lot of our faces, doesn't it?
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I do some profiling of people's faces. And I said to somebody, do the right reply, and I said, Send me some pictures. And they sent me pictures with sunglasses on. I'm like, Is- <laughs> Hello. I
1: know. <laughs> that's right. You can't read
2: your face when you've got sunglasses on. So like, can you imagine sunglasses and a mask?
0: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: I'm no, incapacitated. That's <laughs> right.
0: I mean, I noticed whenever you're giving us examples, you take your glasses off, which does yeah. indicate that actually it's hard to read someone's face with the glasses on. With well, you
2: can read with people's glasses on, but I, I'm just trying to make it as easy as possible. Yeah, sure. sure. Yeah, because you know they are a barrier—not a big barrier, but they are a barrier.
0: Or, or if they've got a lot of hair in front of the face, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's one of the reasons I keep doing this as well. Keep and take my glasses off so you can see my full face. Yeah. Then you get full import of what I'm trying to put over to you. So mm. sunglasses, a mask, lots of hair. <clears throat> <laughs> it's uh, a great and, tip
1: if we don't want to we don't want you to find out what we're thinking
0: <laughs> and, and a big round nose and some paint on your face and you might be in the circus sure. <laughs> <laughs> awesome good well listen it's been lovely um talking to you kim Adele. What, what what key key points would you get out of uh, today's podcast? oh my
1: gosh um so many as always um adrienne i think some great tips around looking to see if people are genuinely happy or if the if the smile Perhaps isn't getting all the way to their eyes, and also um, whether or not there's fear or confusion, because that allows us to to step in. And right now, we've got a lot of confusion and a lot of fear. So being able to to look out for that, I think as well about being really present. So what I got from from what you were saying was it was about making sure that when you're in those conversations with people, that you are really really present and listening, not just to what they're saying, but what they're not saying. So looking out for any bits of their behaviour that's changed? When um, I always have a phrase that when your lips and hips don't match, so what I'm saying and what I'm doing don't quite mirror. That probably is a, an opportunity for us to go and just ask a few more questions and seek to understand people. Because I think from from what you were, you know, what you were saying and the work that you did with with the Samaritans and things, people we're social animals. We all want to be understood. And actually, when we feel a lack of understanding that can really cause us to to uh, be fearful and feel disconnected. And I think, you know, that's a great opportunity for us to really dig in there and, and try and, I guess, be more understanding and more present. Uh, but I could literally chat to you all day. Um, it's it's always fascinating.
0: Absolutely. And, and Adrian, have you got any final point, final thought for yourself that you'd like to get across to people?
1: Um,
2: so my big thing is pay more attention. Yep. just become aware of what people information are giving you and, and what the information you give out as well <clears throat> we're all giving out information all the time, we are communicating even when we're just sat here, we're communicating something so be aware of what you're giving out but also be aware of what other people are giving to you um, because that way we, we get better communications and I, I think if we just become aware of other people, we get rid of so many miscommunications which causes problems fantastic
0: that is awesome. And is there any uh, anywhere we can find you on YouTube or anything like that where people can see sort of the things that you've done? Uh, what, yeah. Where would we find you?
2: So I've got a YouTube channel, which is Adrian Carter, um, the face whisperer. Um, my website is adriennecarter.com. And I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. My business page is Adrian Carter Limited and Instagram, Adrienne Carter. So wherever you see my name, put my name in uh, I'll pop up somewhere
0: yeah and i'm sure we'll get them into the into the notes of the podcast and apple Podcasts and um thank youtube you. as well we'll get them all across there um well it's been an absolute pleasure isn't it and uh you know it's uh, uh thank you so much for your time and um i'm sure people will reach out to you on, on linkedin and things and uh uh we look forward to obviously seeing more of you on youtube and things and uh kim Adele, thank you and we've all done it's been fascinating hasn't it yeah no it's
1: been a, it's been a fascinating um chat uh, I always learn so much and we'll, I will now be going and paying even more attention in, uh, in Zoom calls <laughs> for the rest of the day. But thank you. It's been a delight. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Good. Well, thank you so much, everybody, um, for listening, for watching. Uh, do tell as many people as you can. Share it uh, on, on on your your LinkedIn and things. And uh, we, until next week, we ask you to have a great week and stay safe. This is Luke Murfit, Kim Adele. Adrian Carter on uh, Global Futurist, thank you.